beautiful people. Welcome to another episode of the Don't Be Afraid podcast. I am your host, Jamila Oiza Muhammad Jamu, and I welcome all of you. Welcome. So uh, today's episode, we're going to be discussing, I mean, we're in October and this is uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And in light of that, we're going to be discussing everything about breast cancer and on our seats today, virtually, we have Dr. Fatima Dambata and Mrs. Abiola Okeleke. Welcome. Welcome, Mommy. Dr. Fatima is um, a dedicated medical doctor with a fervent commitment to oncology. As an inspiring gynae oncologist and cancer researcher, she brings a passionate advocacy for cancer awareness and holistic health. Dr. Dambata currently serves as a medical coordinator at Medic Aid Cancer Foundation, leading the patient's access to chemotherapy PACE program. Her advocacy extends to maternal and child health, female empowerment, and mental health, reflecting the holistic approach to well-being. Hello, Dr. Fatima. You look so amazing. Hi, Jamila. So do you. It's nice to be here. Thank you. Nice to see you. Uh, so, like I previously said, we'll be uh, this is um, Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and we're going to be speaking everything about breast cancer awareness. And I have with me here a breast cancer survivor. In a bit to educate our audience, I would like for you to tell us what breast cancer is. Okay. So, um, this is October, the Breast Cancer mm-hmm. Awareness Month. Breast cancer is the most common cancer in Nigeria. It's also now the most common cancer worldwide. It has surpassed lung cancer. Every year in Mm -hmm. Nigeria, we have about 102,000 deaths, 102,000 new cases of cancer recorded, and about 72,000 deaths. Now, breast cancer is a cancer that simply originates in the tissue of the breast, either the lobules or the ducts, and then can spread. So why is breast cancer such a big issue today? Like I said, it's the most common cancer. It typically yeah. could be a cancer of older women, we used to say 40 to 50 years, but so many cases of breast cancer now in younger women, as young as 19, 20, 24, it's defying all the science. And so at this point, it's something of what we could even call a public health emergency because of the rise yeah. and the burden of breast cancer. Okay, so I think anyone would literally want to know, it doesn't, it doesn't just happen that way. What exactly are the risk factors? What causes it? What are the risk factors and factors for breast cancers? Okay, so there is no exact cause for breast cancer. Mm. There are no exact cause for cancer in general, but there are some factors that can increase your risk. And some of those are one, a family history of breast cancer, a mother, a sister, an aunt, genetics, Mm -hmm. there are mutations that we call the BRCA1 and BRCA2 mutations, they run in families. Mm -hmm. Then we also have lifestyle factors like smoking, alcohol intake, lack of exercise, processed diet, uh, diet that is mainly consisting of processed foods or foods with preservatives. Then we have some female-related factors like having your child at a, your first child at an age later than 25, not breastfeeding, use of oral contraceptive pills. So these are some of the factors that can increase your risk of breast cancer. The, and the first one that I'd like to mention is being female. Because men do have breast cancer, about 1% of the cases of breast cancer occur in men. 
So these are just some of the reasons. And, I, and I, I don't think they actually know that as much because, you know, when we talk about breast cancer, everybody thinks that, okay, it's something that is likened to the female gender, but they don't know that it is also likened to the male gender. Yes, yes, men have breast cancer. Unfortunately, when breast cancer is found in men, it almost always kills them. Why? Because they don't find a tumor in their breast. So what we have is that by the time they present to the hospital, they have metastasis, multiple tumors in their brain, or it has spread to their liver, it's taking over the entire body. But yes, men can have breast cancer. 1% of the cases of breast cancer is in men. Hmm. So what 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 exactly are the different stages? How does it start? How does it generate to a much more greater stage? What are the stages of cancer, breast cancer? Okay. Excellent. So to talk about this, let's start with how cancer itself comes about, right? Yes, thank so you. So the basic units of life, like for every individual, we all start from cells. The cells come together, they form tissues, the tissues will come together, they form organs like the breast, and our organs, our breast, our heart, and so on, will come together to form the whole organ system, which is the human being, right? So it happens at mm -hmm. this cellular level. Now, these cells have a mechanism. They are produced, when they are formed, they are supposed to carry out their function. That particular cell should die in an ordered process and a new cell is formed and it replaces it to continue that function and so on. Now in cancer, we have a complete dysregulation of that system. A cell is formed, it finishes what it's supposed to do, but it doesn't die, it remains there. Another one comes on it and then it all becomes a jumbled mess and then they all the system is confused, the signal is lost and they begin to accumulate on top of each other. Now anything that accumulates mm. where it's not supposed to be begins to constitute a nuisance. And so after a while, these jumbled cells then begin to secrete toxic substances and they take over the organ that they're in and eventually the entire system, as they begin to spread, they form their own blood vessels and they become stronger than the organ and stronger than the system. So it's really a dysregulation at the cellular level. That's how cancer forms. And that's why usually it starts mm. with the tumor. And how does the tumor accumulate? The tumor is like, for example, the lump that you find in breast cancer is when this jumbled up mess of, mess of cells just keep on growing on each other and then they can now form that lump that you can find in breast cancer. Yeah. So that's what typically starts. And this is why we keep on preaching early detection saves lives. It's our slogan here at yes. the Cancer Foundation where I work. Because you see in breast cancer, if you're able to find that cancer when you just have the lump in the breast, you know, these cells have formed, there's just mm -hmm. a lump in the breast. It has not spread anywhere. It's not taking over another organ. Then the treatment is easier. That's when it's an early stage, perhaps stage one, stage two. All you just have is a lump in the breast, either located to a particular area or maybe has even spread a little within the breast, but at least it's still localized. And you can just do maybe yeah. chemotherapy to make it smaller, do surgery, take out the lump, or maybe have to take out the breast and you can control it. But when you have stage three, stage four, what we call spread, and in stage four, where we have widespread metastasis, where the cancer is now not just in the breast that it started in, but you're having tumor cells in the liver, you're having it in the brain, you're having fluid buildup in the lungs, then it becomes a much more difficult task. So I know that uh, people have spoken a lot about 
breast cancers are, and how it starts with the lump. And I think that for for something to really stick to someone's head, there has to be constant reminder so that even if you don't remember before, at least there's a reminder again to tell you how to do these things. So how does one locate the lump in the breast? Where exactly do they need to check to, to know that, okay, oh, I feel this funny thing in my breasts. Is it normal? Or do I have, am I beginning to have cancer? How do, how do people check? Where do they check? Thank you for that question. So before I answer it directly, yes. I want to emphasize that. So the symptoms of breast cancer, it's not always a lump. It could be a lump that has formed that you find. But there are other things to look out for, like what? Any change in size or shape of your breast, that's one. So it could be on the mm. skin. If you see anything like, you know, dimpling or like, you know how the back of an orange is? in the skin of the breast yeah. or any redness in the skin of the breast as well nipple discharge especially if it's one-sided and bloody mm? and at other times mm. the lump will not be in your breast it could be in the armpit and this brings us mm. the answer of your question which is regular self-breast exams very important for a woman that is not yet menopausal at the end of every menstrual period take the time to check your breasts do a self-breast exam it's very easy it just takes a few minutes you can find so many videos on the internet check your breasts go mm. into the armpit check that as well squeeze your nipples to check for any discharge look at the skin look at the shape look at the size become familiar with your breast now these breast exams are important not because you might always you know even find them but it makes you very familiar with your breasts so that any slightest change even if it's not a lump but if there is any change in shape or size any change in the skin any any change at all you're able to quickly pick it up because you're very familiar with your breasts you're doing this every month so the moment that there's a change you're able to say confidently that this is not how my breast is and you're able to seek medical attention i have a case she said she went to two doctors and she complained to them that there was something wrong with her breast and they couldn't find the lump. Sometimes you can't find the lump when you do a manual exam, even as a physician. But because she was familiar with what her breasts are like, she kept on going. Yeah. So she found the doctor that said, okay, let's take this further. Let's do a scan, let's do a mammogram. And it turned out that she had cancer. So if there is anything that we're taking away from here today is that we need to not be shy about this conversation every woman yes. should perform a breast exam and also let us mm. the young girls let's take away the shame and the stigma let it become a normal thing mm -hmm. that you know after your menstrual period please do a breast exam okay thank you that was that was really so insightful but um before i move to move to miss abiola what are the ways that this can be prevented how can Excellent. we prevent it? Okay, I, I'm a believer in preventive medicine, so I, I particularly like this question. Well, what we can do to prevent it is what we need to do to stay healthy in general. And it's very simple. One, lead a healthy and balanced lifestyle. And what does that mean? The food that you eat, fruits, vegetables, food rich in antioxidants, avoid processed foods, exercise, no matter how little, make sure you're taking the time to exercise, drink a lot of water, cut out the sugary foods and the snacks, avoid alcohol and smoking. These are some of the things that you can do, the lifestyle things that you can do. Then your screening, very important. I mentioned early diagnosis, how the different stages are. Now, the only way to really get ahead of the curve, to make sure that 
if god forbid you come down with this you're finding at an early stage where it's really treatable is to do your screenings and what does that mean if you're a woman above the age of 40 years make sure that every year you're getting a mammogram once a year if you're less than 40 do your breast exams like we mentioned Try it, even if it's once in two years, go to the hospital, get checked by a healthcare professional, get a breast scan. Make sure that you're conscious. Don't wait for it. Don't look at it as a God forbid disease. It's not in my family. It's killing people that it's not in their family, young people mm. that it's not in their family. Yeah. But it's not the God forbid disease anymore. Be proactive about it. Walk into the hospital, get a scan, get a check, just get that clean bill of health. You can do it just once a year, or even if you're younger than 40, once every two years. But do that screening take that step currently at medicaid utaku here we're offering mammograms and discounted breast cancer screenings for the month of october so it's really more affordable than mm -hmm. it would be at any other period so take advantage of it come into our center do your screenings and get checked we need to all become proactive okay. about our health about it i agree i completely agree but i would, I would like to piggyback on the fact that you said people should lead uh, a healthy li um, lifestyle <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to digress, but I, I I would love to say that living a healthy lifestyle is quite on the expensive side at the moment because things are uh, getting really, really expensive. So how do people live a healthy lifestyle on a budget? Thank you. So you strike a balance, that's one, first of all. So nothing in life is 100% like even when you listen to me now, you want to make those changes. It doesn't mean cut out everything unhealthy, but you try to move healthier. And try to look at things that are in your local environment, you know? The problem mm -hmm. is if you go to the internet and you think you need to eat almonds and have <coughs> and buy kale and buy some exotic fruits that we don't have. As expensive as, th as things are right now, we have our own locally grown fruits, right? We have seasons, and in mm -hmm. the different seasons that we have there, and vegetables that are unique to those seasons that because it's in their season mm -hmm. they are relatively more affordable than other things so you don't need to go into the supermarkets and get the things that you see on instagram or you know tiktok or whatever it is but try and look at the yeah. local things in your own environment cucumber carrots uh oranges uh tangerine is in season now your lettuce that is locally grown your uh mm -hmm. water leaf that is locally grown so these are the things that we can do and just incorporate in our local environment as best as we can mm. if they could probably even <coughs> farm some at the backyard of yeah, their house or something yes, i have yes. a farm at my, at my house so excellent i'm advocating yes i'm sure you can grow your own tomatoes you can grow your own vegetables even pepper yes yes <laughs> <Wonderful>. <laughs> <laughs> thank you okay so to be honest i'm actually dying to hear mrs abiola tell her own story how are you ma how are you feeling i'm fine thanks for having me thank you for so much so much for gracing our chair today oh. so uh i mentioned that uh you you're a breast cancer survivor and i would love to hear your story i know that other people would want to also hear your story so what was your experience with breast cancer like how did it start uh, I'm glad that you, I'm here today to mm. speak about my experience, and I hope it will help many, many people women. out there. I discovered that I had breast cancer at the age of 44. 44. I've been counseled about doing breast palpitation and all the what was needed for me to do. Mm. One morning. One fateful morning in 2000, year 2001, around September, 
and and, and just let, let, uh, I, I did the, the I mean the palpation, the self examination, and I just felt a lump on my uh, right yes. breast. Okay. Could this be? I was doubting. I did again. I did the palpation, the palpation again, and I I, uh, I realized that I had a lump on my breast. Mm. That is how the story started. I went to do mammogram. I saw a people doctor in Lut. I saw a medical doctor in Lut. We started doing all the tests and everything. When uh, I wanted to start my treatment in Lut, uh, they had a strike then in 2001. Mm. So I have to go to France, having affiliation. I'm a francophone. Okay. I had uh, many, many French uh, uh, friends in, in France. So I went to France. And I did all the the check or biopsy, uh, what I needed to do, mm. and uh, it came out that uh, it was cancerous. That is how I started my treatment. Being in, in France and having uh, a good medical team, I started my my treatment there. I did chemo. Mm. I did chemo, C-section of chemotherapy. I did radiotherapy. The whole story went for almost a year. Uh, thank God everything uh, was successful. I thank God for the medical care because I, I had the that was given to me. And uh, she has already, the uh, doctor, doctor, Dr. Fatima Dr. Fatima Dambata, she has already told us all we need to know about breast cancer, mm. the lifestyle, being genetic, and anxiety too. Anxiety is part of lifestyle, can add to your, you can accumulate radicals. Right. So we need to be positive about it. And uh, early detection is the key. For every woman, early detection of breast cancer is the key. If you detect early, I think the, the, the the chance of survival is um, is high. Is high. Thank God, uh, 21 years after, because it is 25.1 years after 2002 and uh, 2023, that makes 21 mm. years, uh, years of uh, survival. I uh, thank God, uh, the lifestyle too is very important. Mm. I check what I eat. I don't eat any joints. Uh, because initially I was just taking processed food. I know that I, I'm guilty <laughs> of that. But after I've discovered that put me through, I changed my lifestyle. Mm. I did, I do, I work five times a day, a week, sorry, five mm. times a week, 30, 30 minutes or one hour, I go like that. And it has really helped me. Helped it has really helped me. Mm. Lifestyle, know what you are eating. And it is good to eat the food of the season and the food of your locality. Mm. I don't know if you get me. If it is orange, if it is uh, cucumber, don't go out for look for expensive or exotic food. Mm. Use even honey. They tell you if you want to use honey, sparingly of course because it is sugar too. Use the honey of your uh, your locality. I don't know if you yeah. get me. Your location yes. where you live. Where you even if it is food, we have food in season now like oranges, tangerine, tangerine and, yeah. and uh, cucumber is a, 
uh, is always available. It's yes. always available. Yes. So lifestyle, knowing what to eat, uh, can help every woman to be to be to fight against to fight it. against cancer. I'm amazed when I speak to young young girls. Do you do this? Do you check your breasts? Many don't know. So we need to do more awareness, more campaign to right. tell young girls People. this is what you have to do. Don't have to reject. She doc, the doctor has already told us that uh, as early as 19 years old you can get it. Mm-hmm. Early as 19 years old. So we need more awareness. That is what I can to tell women that you can be healed mm. if you detect early. You can be healed. So that is my little story of. Uh, okay. So, uh, did you get support from families and friends? Yes, I did. I okay. did. My, I, I, I did. Many of my, my. If you don't have support, it's very difficult. My sister was very, very supportive. Mm. My, my sister, the one who followed me, and the family, my children, and they were very positive. My nieces, my everybody. They didn't. I I told them, I don't. I need no pity. I don't know if you understand. Yes. And we're very many people will be. Of course, I lost hair. Mm. I became uh, my complexion. Everything you could see that changed. I uh, changed. So, but the way the support I got, some people were amazed. Uh, because she really have cancer. Mm. You understand why they're so positive, mm-hmm. and. Uh, I I have an adoptive father too. He's a reverend father. He was telling me, Viola, this one, you cannot die. Mm. This cancer cannot take you away from me. Mm. Telling me that being a, a spiritual father yes. made me to be very, very positive. Yes. So I got support. Thank yes. God I got support from so friends, from family. I got that support from my, my community where I worship. Yes. I got that support. I really thank God for that because without that, that uh, support and positive positive outlook, some would have been difficult. Difficult. So, what lessons did you learn from the whole process? Because I I know that for a- anything to have happened, there would always be a lesson that we can learn uh, al- along the line. So, what lessons did you learn? That um, life is a battle. Hmm. Life is a battle. That's a deep word. Yes, yes, it is. You can't take things for granted. You understand? You you cannot say, I don't have this, I don't have, I can't have this. But once you understand that this, this sickness is a killer, Mm -hmm. and it cannot take me away, you Mm. understand? That is, you say you, you you will fight to, to be alive, to be alive for your family, for your children. And uh, you can't count on everybody. That's the, the another those, truth. Another truth. Not everybody will, will be, be there, there for you. you. But the little you can get, if you take it positively, my lesson is just be positive mm. in everything. Because initially, it was just like, how can this happen to me? My mother never had it. My sister never. You know all these things. Starting like rejecting it. Yes. But once I've accepted it. And I've been encouraged that this t- this sickness cannot take you away. I've never seen a survivor, mm. somebody who survived this, can to tell me 
our own story. Yes. I know. But I was just positive. My lesson, the lesson I learned is that in in your pain, because it was very painful. Cis chemo, therapy session, when you are not strong, you have to be taking injection to boost your white blood Cells. cell and everything. You are the one feeling that pain. Yeah. You are the one feeling that pain. And I wouldn't like to go back to it. That's my own lesson that we have to live a positive lifestyle. I knew that my before then my diet was not that good. Mm. So the lesson the lesson I learned is to be positive, to to not take not to not to take things or people for granted. For granted. For granted. So and uh, to live a lifestyle and encourage people. I mean, now it is a lesson. That story mm. for twenty one years. Mm. You still every day you are still thinking. Uh, when is it going to go? When is going to go? Oh, such a very long time. Yes, yes. But every day, just be grateful for the for being alive. Yes. When I wake up, I'm alive. I uh, even my <laughs> my nephew this morning. I said, "I am to lie. I am to lie." We can say it how many times. times. Thanks be to time. God. Yes, that I'm alive. Just be the little thing. Appreciate to appreciate what God has given you, and that life to make to be. To impact on people, yes, mm. to impact on people. It's not God has not given us life to to live it Just alone and enjoy it alone yes. anyhow. So that's my own lesson. Were there were there any struggles, tough, difficult moments that you you battled with? How did you how did you overcome them? Ah uh, yes, when I lost my hair. When I lost because when I lost my hair. Mm. I became vulnerable. You understand? I became yes. vulnerable. It's just that you're having your bath and water is not going. You just open your eyes and see your hair falling like that and you just touch your hair and say, what is happening to me? Before you pull it, the hair is, is down. down. It makes you very vulnerable. But my faith hurt me. Mm. Faith. We have to believe in God. I don't say, I won't say believe in something. We have to believe in God, but it made me to be very vulnerable. Mm. Yes, it made me to be very vulnerable. There's no way you can go through this process when you are told you are going to do cis chemo, mm -hmm. later you do radiotherapy, mm. and uh, being knowledgeable, you ask your oncologist, what, what are my my chances of a recovery survival. for survival. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> the the oncologist is all looking at you <laughs> not to tell you that you are on your own. You're on your own. Yeah. That that can be such a very lonely word. I remember when I heard that word we are on our own. It, it hits deep, very, very deep. It's a very deep word to hear from or to see the expression from someone when someone tells you you're on your own. So I, I can't even begin to imagine how that must have felt for you. Yes. yes. Uh, I, I want to reiterate it again because I'm a Francophone. Yes. I have a good family support. Support. They call me. They call me. My family will call me. I was alone in France. It's not easy to bring people to come and to see come you. Come and stay with you. 
I came here once in between my treatment mm -hmm. to feel the warm and they gave me that uh, they gave me that assurance you know the assurance they could give me cool God that uh, mom and all is well mm. so you have to get you you must have a good family support because if your family is not with you you cannot go through this this total journey alone know? and God being there for you. God will always place people on your path. You know, even yes. in France, in France, I had many people who helped me. I'd, I went there, I thought it was something that I would use some little Naira mm. to cure. I got an insurance through France. So all that, that is, it is a miracle. It's mm. a miracle for yeah. me, that's a miracle. For people to be uh, to be there to help you and to have uh, a good oncology, and my oncologist we had the same birthday. She's a woman, <laughs> so and she was doing everything for me. Seeing my the way I was positive, mm -hmm. uh, she really clean with me and helped me. So uh, I don't I can't. It's a long story, but. Uh, Thank God. We thank God. We thank God that you're you're here to be able to you know tell us this story and give us some really positive words that uh, uh, that that would push us to to actually be better and do better <laughs> with our health. So if uh, okay, yeah. thank thank you, thank you so much, ma, Doctor Fatima. So um, I wanted to uh, also ask that what different tests are used to diagnose breast cancer? So for the tests, we have a mammogram. So a mammogram mm -hmm. is divided into two. There's what we call a screening mammogram, and that's the mammogram that you're supposed to get every year, regardless of a lump, a lump, no lump, nothing at all. Just get a check every year. Then we have what we call a diagnostic mammogram. Now, this is a mammogram that mm -hmm. is done if a woman comes to the hospital, she's above 40 years and gives a complaint, then you do a diagnostic mammogram. If she's less than 40 years, then you do a breast ultrasound scan. Mm -hmm. Depending on your findings from there, if there is a lump, something suspicious, then you can do a biopsy of the lump. Typically, what you call a fine needle aspiration biopsy, where you mm -hmm. take a sample from the lump and you take it to the lab, the histology lab, to truly confirm, is this lump a cancer or is it something else? Because we have lumps that are not cancerous, what we call benign lump. Now, after you confirm that, then mm -hmm. we will try to then stage and see what type of cancer is it, what type of receptors are positive or not. So on that mass, we can still do something that we call immunohistochemistry. Then you could be asked to do like a CT scan, an MRI. Mm. We don't have PET scans in Nigeria, but in these countries that they have it, that's something else that they do PET scans, a chest X-ray, even an abdominal pelvic scan. And mm -hmm. you do these further scans to see, okay, it's a cancer, how far has it spread? Has it gone to the liver? Has it gone to the brain? Has it spread to the other organs? So these are some mm -hmm. of the techniques that we follow, the imaging studies and so on that we do for diagnosis. Okay. All right. So I, I know you mentioned that at Medic Aid, uh, you have uh, a less discount for people that would want to do okay. their um, run a test for breast cancer. So I would like if you could tell us about Medicaid and if you have a center in Lagos here, so people that would get to listen would be able to go in and you know, get a test in Lagos or something. Or for those that are in 
that's so sad. located in Otaho, plot 6653 of Benson Crescent. Now we are a diagnostic okay. center where you can come and do your mammograms, do your breast scan, see a doctor to review that. We're also a cancer foundation, so we work for awareness, sensitization programs, educating the general public on breast cancer. We also do mm-hmm. some screenings as well, like the one that we're doing for this October now, where we have the mammogram and the breast scan discounted. And we do some treatment support for patients because cancer care mm. is expensive, it's difficult, so we're able to come in and support. We have a chemotherapy program, the mm-hmm. PACE program, where we source chemotherapy medications for patients at a very affordable rate. And we're also involved in advocacy as well. I'm sure that there are a lot of issues when it comes to cancer care, a lot of difficulties. So we try to push that and support our patients as best as we can. Okay. All right. Thank you. Uh, with regards to creating awareness, I know that before before we people started coming up um, coming up to talk about menstruation and you know female um, health and everything, it took a while because I could remember far back as when I was oh god, I'm not so old. <laughs> <laughs> but when I would always want to get pad, I would have to when I go to the, any shop, I always have to talk inside a nylon or a nylon or a nylon so that nobody sees <laughs> that I'm buying a pad. Or if, if I see that, it's a one, oh, do you want everybody to know I came to buy a pad at your shop? So there's always the shame and stigma behind it. And I, I know that it would be a lot to 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 teach, uh, I, I mean, would want yeah, to catch yeah. them young anyway so that they are aware from a very young age. So how do we create more awareness to educate people from yes. a very young age Excellent. about so, yes, this thing. we need to destigmatize female health in general first of all we need to destigmatize issues of female health including mm-hmm. cancer and it's true what we're doing now for example this podcast we're doing outreaches to schools to communities to different places keep on talking to them about it let's have open and easy conversations yeah. i went to government girls secondary school just last week and very cooperative about the whole topic but when i said okay we're all going to learn how to do breast exam they're like no you know everyone was <laughs> so shy and they didn't want to have that no. and it's always difficult the first time but you know imagine if we went there next month and the month after yes. we kept on making it easy like let's it's, it's fine let's do it let me i'm doing it your teachers are doing it you mm-hmm. can do it and then people making it an open conversation there's no hush hush well. there's nothing to be ashamed about and we just Yes, keep on empowering our girls Shame our the women at all. to have this kind of open conversations and we'll get there slowly. Okay. Hopefully we'll get there. So I I, I, I also know that the world is moving technologically we're moving very fast. So I would like to know, I mean would all like to know if there are any new technological advancements that would help with yeah, the so of breast cancer. Research is still ongoing. We're not quite there yet. We hope to be there soon, not just for breast cancer, but for all cancers. But at the mm-hmm. moment, we still have our standard surgery, chemotherapy, radiotherapy, maybe targeted hormonal or immune therapy. But there is really nothing, no uh, groundbreaking science, so to speak. But, uh, yes, yet. But we're hoping nice, yeah. <laughs> and working towards it. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure we'll get there. 
I mean, we've, we've come so far already, and I'm very sure that I'm certain that I would get there. Thank you so much for, for this very um, informative session. Thank you so much for being here and sharing mm. your story. It's been so helpful. Uh, and can I give a word to Dr. Fatima? Yes, please. Dr. Yes, Dr. please. Fatima, you are so passionate about your, your, your work. The way you speak, uh, being an, an oncologist and the way you speak about it, mm. oh my God, you are so passionate. I can feel the passion. It's infusive, you understand. Keep mm. it up. May God bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you both. Uh, I think we've come to the end of today's session and it's been really, really insightful. I'd like to tell everyone that uh, take care of your health. Basically, that's just one word. And also, if you have um, any comments uh, that you would want to drop or questions, feel free to reach out to uh, Medicaid on Instagram as well. Uh, listen to uh, f- listen and follow us on our social media pages, uh, DBA underscore podcast on Instagram and Twitter and on TikTok. Thank you so much. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. <laughs>